Welcome to 5 Minutes in Church History, hosted by Dr. Stephen Nichols, where we take a little break from the present to go exploring the past. Travel back in time as we look at the people, events, and even the places that have shaped the story of Christianity. This is our story, our family history. Let's get started. We are continuing this week, celebrating our anniversary and looking at our top five favorite moments in church history. We've looked at the Nicene Council in 325, Thomas Aquinas in 1245, and yesterday together we looked at 1517 and the inimitable Martin Luther. Well, today we're moving ahead a little bit closer to the modern age, and the date for today is 1740. This date is significant in that it marks what historians have come to call the Great Awakening. The Great Awakening, sometimes seen as an event in New England, is much bigger than that. It was an event that not only encompassed all of the colonies, the New England colonies, the middle colonies, and the southern colonies in the United States before the revolution and before its independence, but it was also a transatlantic phenomenon. And so we have to go across the Atlantic and see this as an event that also takes place in Old England, not just one in New England. When we go across the Atlantic, of course, we meet up with George Whitfield, and we meet up with the brothers Wesley, John, and Charles. So here we have all our players of the Great Awakening, George Whitfield, John and Charles Wesley, and over in the colonies, Jonathan Edwards. And there were a host of secondary characters as well, but these four are probably enough for our time today. As we look over in England, one of the things we begin to see is George Whitfield's great sermon that he would preach called the Almost Converted or the Almost Christian. And this, of course, he would preach in these Anglican churches, and he would talk about someone who was an almost Christian, but who was not a Christian, one who was, as we might say, a nominal Christian, who was simply resting in the fact that they'd attend church or that they were baptized as an infant or that they were on a church's membership rolls. And Whitfield would remind them that that does not necessarily make them a Christian. So he preached this sermon, the almost Christian. And as you can imagine, he found himself uninvited from pulpits. Well, John Wesley followed suit and he was preaching a sermon by the same title, actually. And so both Whitfield and Wesley find themselves kicked out of churches and they go to the open fields. And there are Whitfield and Wesley and John Wesley's brother, Charles Wesley, would preach to crowds of tens of thousands. And it was a time of great revival in England. Back in New England, we also have a time of great revival. A few years prior, in the 1730s, there was a revival along the Connecticut River Valley. But in 1740, the Spirit of God seemed to be stirring across the colonies. And a significant figure in this is Jonathan Edwards. It is at this time, of course, that he preaches his famous sermon, probably one of the most read sermons of all time, Sinners in the Hands of an Angry God. That sermon has not only very somber reminders of the fate of sinners under the wrath of God, it is also a sermon that is full of gospel promise. In fact, one of my favorite lines from that sermon is the line that doesn't always get the attention. It sort of gets obscured by lines like, the bow of God's wrath is bent. Or, of course, this spine-tingling image, as Edward says, we are like a spider dangling over a precarious web, uh, over a pit by just a, a mere web, and that is how we are dangling over the pit of hell, and at any moment, the web can snap and we would meet our end. Those are the lines that get all the attention, but my favorite line from this sermon comes near the end, and Edward says that the door of God's mercy is thrown wide open. And Christ stands in the door and says to sinners, come. 
It is a sermon that not only reminds us of the wrath of God, but it also reminds us of the precious promise of the gospel, that in Christ, our sins have been atoned, our sins have been paid for, and in Christ, our sins can be forgiven, and we can be reconciled to a holy God. We who are sinners and who were once far off from God can be reconciled to him. That was the message of Edwards. That was the message of the Great Awakening. It had significant impact, not just in the church, but in culture too. And so I think it ranks as one of our top five moments, the Great Awakening in 1740. I'm Steve Nichols. Thanks for listening to 5 Minutes in Church History. 